Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello, welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and today I'm joined by Lou Hammer. Hello, Lou. Hi, Katrina. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining me. So, Thank you um, so much for asking me to join you. Oh, it's just lovely. I, you're very excited when I asked you, and I'm always excited when people are excited to come on because I love chatting about all this stuff. So thank you. Um, so Lou and I know each other. We actually went to school together many years ago. So, so far I've been very fortunate to be able to have like many guests on my show who I also already know. Like I've got such a lovely network of wonderful women and it's so, it's been so good. So yeah, Lou and I went to school many years ago now, Lou, unfortunately. Yeah, it's we're getting many. older, but that's okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, probably about three years ago, another friend of ours, Pip, sent me a little message and said, look what Lou's doing these days. And <laughs> it was amazing. We were just like, oh. How cool is that? You've created this amazing business and got a huge following on Instagram and done all sorts of wonderful things. And when I was thinking about who would be a great guest for this podcast, I thought of you because I know that organisation, sort of clutter, time management, you know, managing the kids, lunch boxes, organising the house, all of these things are such a huge thing for women uh, in managing our day-to-day and it's a huge challenge for many women and it holds us back in a lot of ways. So Lou's business is One Day PA based out of Geelong and she helps women with organisation and all sorts of wonderful things and I will get her to tell us all about her business and I think that what Lou will be able to share with us today will be super helpful because I know that, you know, women at any stage, whether you're kind of like stuck in complete chaos or even like juggling all the balls or really nailing it, like any organisational tips are just Fantastic. So tell us about your business, Lou, and how you came to be where you are now and why you started it. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, yeah, so One Day PA was born um, just after I had my second child. Funnily enough, I decided it would be a great idea to launch a business um, to get more flexibility. And it turns out that having a business doesn't necessarily give you more time. Um, (laughs) But essentially, you know, One Day PA exists to help busy women get stuff done. Um, My background has been in executive support and event management. So both of those roles um, require, I guess, a lot of organisation and time management. And um, I had to be, you know, the eyes, ears and brain for disorganized people um (laughs) anyway it was after I'd had my second child Frankie and my girlfriends and I were sitting around talking about just how hard it was to get stuff done so I think the conversation was centered around having our cars serviced and one girlfriend's like I just don't have the time to take my car in to get service because you know daycare drop off and then I don't have my car and that led into a full range of conversations about everything else that we've got to do. So life admin, I guess you could say. And I was like, oh, you know, imagine if we just had a PA that like we could just outsource those things to and light bulb moment, ding, 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 might have been the wine. But anyway, <laughs> uh, 
I kind of went, there is a gap in the market in Geelong in particular for this service. So I spent about 12 months researching, you know, a freelance personal assistance and I stumbled on this um, career path called a personal concierge. Now, this is quite a big thing in the States and in the UK. Um, the term is used a little bit here in Australia, but we kind of haven't really grabbed onto that term personal concierge. Um, so I don't use that in, in our business. But if you Google personal concierge, you'll just find that it's a person who will just get stuff done for you. So you think about you go to a hotel and the concierge desk, you'd be like, can you just book us in for this restaurant or can you recommend, you know, some fun things to do with the kids? That's pretty much what our business does. A couple of other things, obviously, uh, in a hotel, your concierge isn't going to come and declutter your room, but they'll organise for a cleaner to come and clean your room. So, uh, yeah, so like I said, I spent 12 months researching it and, I was working at the time, I was working part-time, four days a week, and I, I thought if if in five years this is my sole source of income, I'll be happy, you know. So there was a five-year plan, and in six months I had to resign from my position because the business just blew up, it exploded, um, which was sad because I did love my job, but at the, at the same time I was like, wow, this is, this is something huge. Um, when I started it, it was just me, and I never actually had in the business plan, the decluttering, home organisation piece. It was all sort of around errand running, event planning, doing those sort of life admin tasks. But it became very clear in a very short amount of time that what families and women in particular were finding the most challenging is setting up um, systems within their homes. So clearing out the clutter and setting up systems that they could maintain over time to help them be more organised. Um, we live in a generation now where so many women are working that weren't working 40 years ago, even 20 years ago. I remember growing up and um, I don't know if you remember, but my mum didn't work a lot. She she worked sort of later in my, in my teens, but as a young child, my mum didn't work. So all of that life admin, housework, appointments, all of that was relatively easy. Whereas now, as women and families, parents, men included, all that stuff still happens, but add to that maybe 10, 20, 40 hours of work for mm. two, two parents, but all the life admin still has to happen. So, yeah, so we are now a team of um, three and I've got a, a couple of casuals that help on bigger projects. Um, and the business throughout COVID grew Financially, because they were stuck at home and working <laughs> from home and realising just how poorly set up their homes were for, you know, I guess, independent living for children, which is important, I think. Um, so, yeah, so that's where we're at. And, you know, the next, I guess, five years are going to be even bigger. Um, we've got expansion plans. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to, to be able to help more busy women. Oh, Lou, I'm so glad I'm interviewing you. This is going to be, this is an awesome interview on twofold. Like one, because of your business creation and what you've done to set up your business, amazing. And then two, because of all the value that you're going to be able to add to our, to our <laughs> listeners. I love it. Like, I mean, I just love your story of actually just setting up your business and how that, like that is so awesome too. Like the entrepreneur's journey is like, you just nailed it, didn't you? You found the niche. 
Yeah, yeah. Found the and gap it, and then you hit what the market needed and then you just made it made it work. And it made just, it work. And I think the beauty of what we do is we are open to kind of doing anything. Um, so we've got a very strong network here in Geelong of, and I think that's from my work for two very big organisations in Geelong, I'm well connected in the community in terms of if someone calls and says, I need a tradesman. I'm like, yep, I know exactly who you can have. I need a really good cleaner. Yep, I know exactly who you can have. So whilst we don't physically do all of the work, we can connect our clients up with the best of the best providers in the region. Um, yep. I've got networks throughout Australia of other personal concierges. So people will message me online and be like, I'm in Gold Coast and I need someone to help me move house. Yeah, no worries, get in contact with this person. They're awesome. So, um, yeah, well, I think that's also important is, is to have those networks available so that we can link people with other services that can help them sort of overcome their overwhelm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Now, Lou, sometimes when you touch your um, thing there, it makes a bit of a crackly sound. So oh, sorry. You- I know you're so expressive like me when you talk. I can see. Yeah, hands. <laughs> watch bashing your headphones around there. Sure. Um, I love it. So that is, you know, it's been amazing, obviously, to see that growth and that, and obviously it's so needed. And so what do you think about something I, well, I know myself, like decluttering my own home. Like I used to feel this too when I was sort of in what I would call stress and overwhelm and chaos mode before, you know, going on my own well-being journey. I know that my house was very cluttered and I think that really added to it. So I know that you've talked about the the different types of clutter. Yeah. So I'd love you to talk to us a bit about that and then how clutter is so related to like stress and good well-being yeah. as well. Yeah, so when we think of clutter, most people immediately just go, oh, all of that stuff piled up on the bench, all of that paperwork, all of that physical clutter. But in fact, there's actually six types of clutter, um, five, sorry, five types of clutter, the main types that affect most people. Um, So, of course, physical clutter is the most obvious. That's all the stuff lying around. That's all of the clothes in your wardrobe you don't wear all of the stuff spilling out of the junk drawer, um, you know, the home office that's full of anything but home office type stuff. Um, And physical clutter is probably the most time-consuming to get on top of, but I will share some strategies a little bit later with everybody. The second would be calendar clutter. So, you know, we're talking saying yes to every single engagement that comes across our way, uh, filling our calendars from the minute we wake up until the minute we go to bed and all weekend and then going, oh, my gosh, after this week it's going to be better, it's okay, I'll get a breath. And then the following week comes and you're like, oh, my God, my calendar's full again. Um, And, look, everybody's different, so everybody's, I guess, issue with clutter is going to be different. Um, So it might be physical for one person, but they're really great with their calendar. The next one is digital clutter. So this has obviously got to be a relatively new type of clutter for most people, given that um, we live in a digital world now. We've got smartphones, iPads, um, TVs with numerous, like, options to watch. You know, remember growing up as a kid, and I think we had, like, four (laughs) <laughs> five TV stations. Some like TV didn't even turn on before six AM, and it turned off at what nine PM or something. Yeah, we um, had two stations in the country. Two. <laughs> two. Yes. Yeah. Great. So you know that wasn't that big an issue, but now yeah. we're we're on all 
the time, like all the time. So digital clutter refers to even your email, your inbox, um, your mobile phone full of apps that maybe you don't use. So that can be quite overwhelming for some people. Situational clutter, which is a super easy one to overcome because situational clutter is only there for a very short amount of period of time. So I'm talking like Christmas, yeah, mm-hmm. when you've got the cupboard full of gifts or you've got um, people coming, you're hosting Christmas lunch, so you might have a whole bunch of crockery and cutlery that normally you wouldn't have. But that's going to go away once Christmas is done. So situational clutter is probably the easiest type to overcome and be like, that's okay, that's only going to be there for two weeks. The last one, and this is one that I am a huge advocate for um, trying to get rid of, is mental clutter. So I'm talking all of that white noise. You know, you're walking around all day going, I've got to remember to make a doctor's appointment for the kids. I've got to remember to take the dog to the vet. I've got to remember to get cheese or milk on the way home. It's all of that noise that goes in our minds that fills up our brains that actually causes probably the most overwhelm and the most stress out of any of the types of clutter. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will kind of immediately go, oh, physical clutter is the worst. But no, it's actually that mental clutter that can be the worst because if you don't have your mind and your brain working properly and it's clouded by all of the noise that's filling it, you're not going to be able to actually tackle physical, calendar, digital or situational. None of that's going to get done if mm-hmm. your mind isn't right. Um, so, yeah, again, I'll speak about some strategies later and how to overcome those things. But, yeah, mental clutter, uh, I was doing a workshop. I've been, I was doing workshops over the last few weeks for a local um, community um, organisation and we were talking about mental clutter and there's a statistic that I found that kind of explains probably why a lot of us women have all of this mental clutter um so 85% of women this in this day and age are still responsible for all of the mental load at home mm-hmm. on top of say some us working mm-hmm. and you know um you know, children might have health issues uh all of that on top of 85% of the mental load you know it's enough to make anybody feel tired and stressed Mm. It's really interesting, isn't it? Even if you've got husbands or, or your partners or whatever who are good with helping around the house with the domestic duties, yeah, then a lot less likely what you're saying to be doing the mental load stuff, which we do not even we don't even talk about that stuff. We do don't we? talk about it, and until no. like it's, when I talk about this, people go, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're right." Like, yeah. like my husband Ben's great, and he'll do anything but he does need to be prompted to do it. So it's that mental load of me mm. going, the grass is long, can you cut the lawn? Um, mm. We need to pick the groceries up, can you go get them? Or mm. like it's all of that mm. that you've got to remember that that can actually take a toll on, mm. um, yeah, on that mental load. So um, the link between clutter and stress, so there was actually there is scientific evidence that when we are presented with clutter in whatever form it might be, the cortisol levels in our body increase. So the cortisol is obviously that stress hormone. Um, that increases. So whenever we're like, so you might walk into your house every day and 
find your bench covered in paperwork or there's one room in the house that's always full of clutter and every time you look at that, the cortisol levels in your body rise. Mm-hmm. So you feel stressed. Now mm. imagine that every single day. Yeah. Great reason to um to try and clear the clutter from your life. Absolutely. And I wonder, do you I mean, is it is it the chicken and the egg? Because and and how that mental clutter is actually so crucial for all the other types of clutter too. Because if you if your mental clutter is not right and your mental health's not right, then you're yeah. probably more likely to have clutter. But then yep. if you've got a lot of clutter, you're probably more likely to then have stress and you know, all those yes. sort of flow on issues. So is it chicken and the egg a bit? Um, look, I think no, I think if you, you need to get the mental side of things. Mm-hmm. absolutely right before you even think about trying to tackle anything else so mm-hmm. simple strategy to overcome that mental clutter is by doing what I call a brain dump um it's mm. literally a five to ten minute exercise to just sit in the quiet room and write down whatever is on your mind whatever to do things or anything that pops to mind you write it down until you feel like there's nothing else left you might end up with two full pages, might end up with three. It doesn't matter how much you write down. The objective is just to get everything out of your mind for clearer thinking because you can't look after anyone else. You can't look after yourself. You can't tackle any of that physical stuff if your mind's not clear. Mm. And then so you've got your master list of to-dos, which you're going to look at and you're going to go, holy moly, I'm never going to get any of that done and it's going to feel really overwhelming. But what you need to do is you need to actually prioritise that list, yeah? So what's one thing that you could do today that will help you move forward? So it might be as simple as making the phone call to the tax office to talk about the debt that you've got or um, it could be making an appointment to get your skin checked. Do you know what I mean? Like it could be so simple but just doing one thing at a time Mm-hmm. over a period of time is going to lead to huge results and you're going to feel motivated and you're going to feel like you can actually get stuff done but I think the most important thing is to actually get it out of your mind onto a piece of paper and just tick things off you know over a period of time okay so that my next question really was going to be in okay so someone's in overwhelm and they're just everything's chaotic the house feels cluttered yeah. They've got mental clutter they're juggling all the balls they're managing everything managing the house that you know yeah. everything is on them where do you start? So that's where you would recommend to start with hundred percent with yep. the brain dump. Yep. So you can, um, if the listeners Google Peter Walsh, I think it's called Mind Map. He might call it brain dump. I can't remember exactly what he calls it. He actually has on YouTube a trigger list. So he'll speak through a trigger list of things. Uh, and while you're listening to that, you just sit down and just start writing. So start writing what comes to mind. So I absolutely 100% recommend if you're feeling overwhelmed, you don't know where to start, do a brain dump and get yeah. your, you know, get your to-dos on a list um, and then prioritise from there. And don't try and add too many things into a day to get done. One mm. one thing a day, yeah, because yeah. if you try to do too many, you're probably not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Am I right that you used to have a, an online webinar or workshop thing about I this? I did. So... Last year I did, um, obviously, because we couldn't do face-to-face workshops, oh, so right. I did, you know, every sort of month I'd do a workshop, so I moved it all online. So I am 
actually on my to-do list is to um, book in some workshops again. I think what I'm going to do is do an online version and then a face-to-face version. So obviously people who aren't in Geelong can jump onto the online workshop. So I'll be doing a brain dump workshop and a decluttering workshop. Excellent. And I can share those links with you. Fantastic. That sounds absolutely awesome. We'll definitely (laughs) share that. Um, So I guess... Like, why do we, why do you think it's become this massive problem for people to have so much clutter? Is it the age of consumerism and, and yeah, like what, what, what what's made us so? What's led us to this enough? situation? Yeah. I think there's a few combining factors. So um, we have been raised by, or we've been raised by parents who were raised by parents in the war era, right? So our grandparents grew up in an era where they valued everything and things were really well made and they didn't get a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So the majority didn't get a lot. So they would look after their clothing, they would look after their fine china and they wouldn't need more than what they had because they probably couldn't afford it. So then our parents were raised in that environment to value what you had and, and not have to buy too much And throughout generations, it's sort of, whilst I'm not saying we don't value what we have, it's so inexpensive to go out and buy a party dress that you might only wear once. You could get one for $30. Mm. So you've got these girls and women going out going, oh, it's all right, I just need a new dress for a wedding. We've, We've become accustomed to feeling like we need to have the latest and greatest mm. things. Mm. Um, and we have access to buying stuff that we never had access to. Like online shopping's created an in- a whole world of opportunity for people to buy. Mm. But we've still got ingrained in our minds that we can't throw anything away. Yes. Which has come from our parents. Okay. So in one side, we're like, oh, we can buy new homewares from Kmart for so cheap and we can redo our entire rooms but in the other sense we're like but we can't throw away what we had Mm -hmm. because we have to value everything so it's kind of created this perfect storm really where Mm. we don't want to throw anything away but we want to keep acquiring new stuff Mm. and something just has to give so uh, people's mindset around how they shop needs to change yeah. Do I need to buy this stuff? Have I got something that already serves a purpose? And if I'm going to bring something new into the house, something old has to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if I can't let go of anything, well, I can't bring anything new in. So it just it, it needs to be a mindset shift, I think. Yeah, and I know when I started to declutter, you know, I'm conscious of waste. So then it was yes. like, oh, but if I throw everything out, it's a, it's um, you know, it's, it's waste. bad for the environment. But it's like we've already yes. got the stuff. It's a bit like I remember a friend saying once when eating food, like eating up the kids' scraps, like that, you know, yeah. well, they don't want it to go to waste. It's like, well, but so you're basically using your body as a rubbish bin then, aren't you? You know, like if rather than just so the thing is you've already got the stuff. You either keep it in your home and let it create stress and yeah. overwhelm for you. Yeah. Or you get rid of it. And there's ways to get rid of things through, you know, donating totally. to charity and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I say <laughs> I say to people who say to me, Oh, but I don't want to waste it. Like I don't want my stuff to go to waste. And you know, I spent five hundred dollars on that vase. 
And I'm like, well, you've already spent the money. You've already wasted the money. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get any more valuable that vase by having it sit in a cupboard mm-hmm. away from view. Let somebody else love it. There's going to be someone out there that's going to love that vase. You don't love it anymore, so let somebody else. Whether you want to sell it, Facebook Marketplace is a great way to sell stuff or give it away to somebody. And then they're like, oh, but if I give it away, I've spent the money. But, if, yeah, you've spent the money. It's gone. Forget about the money. It's gone. It's already happened. Yes. Okay? You're, we're, we're in this situation right now. And this is what I say when we go to people's houses. We're in this situation. You've got me here and you're paying for me to come and help you because you've got too much stuff. So we need to get rid of something. Yes. And declutter, I think the other thing that people forget about decluttering, it's not about throwing stuff away that you really like and you you don't want to part with, but it's about creating a lifestyle you want to live, the life that you want to be living, not the one you feel like you have to be living. So I have to hold on to that because that person gave it to me. That's a tricky one. The family yeah. presents or the, the the gifts and stuff that you really don't like and but you just don't know how to get rid like, of them. Oh, I don't know if I can get rid of that. Or, well, again, it's not you're not serving it that thing any more purpose or you're not like being a better friend by holding on to it and not using it, mm. are you? Do you no. Know what it, like so we've true. all bought bad gifts for people and, and I think the guilt just need we just need to get rid of that guilt. Yes, and I think that the the, connect, the thing that people aren't realizing by doing all this consumer is cons, consumering, consumerizing, <laughs> consuming, yeah. and holding on to all this stuff is that that is causing us so much stress, and that's what we're not really acknowledging enough, is it? I think, and people don't realize that impact of having all that stuff on them, and they're prioritizing yeah. keeping the stuff over their own yeah being. Yeah, so, you know, purchasing with purpose is something I talk about a lot. So okay. if your kids are going to a birthday party, think about buying the child an experience. So mm-hmm. with Angus, we're big into, like, uh, we're okay with kids bringing a gift voucher. And mm-hmm. parents like, but then you know how much I've spent. If I wanted to know how much you spent on his gift, I'd Google it, but I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> no one should care how much you spend. You actually don't even have to bring him a present. Yes. But how about a time zone voucher or a voucher for, I don't know if you guys have that just in the country, but bounce, which is like a trampoline yep. you know, centre. Um, something that he's, you know, an experience that he's going to love or a day at the zoo or something like that because yep. God knows they, they don't need any more toys really. No, we implemented giving our kids experiences for birthday presents yep. a few years ago, actually, and, like, now they just know that we're just doing experience instead of giving them yeah. things for that exact reason because we just yeah. felt we don't need any more stuff, you know. And it's, I must say, like, since, yeah, it's made a big difference to me being, and once you get rid of the clutter, then organisation becomes easier. You know, yeah, otherwise you're just spending tidy up time. after stuff. Yes, otherwise you spend the whole time just chasing your tail, don't you? Yep. Yep, the more stuff you've got, the more stuff you have to clean and organize. Oh, exactly. So <laughs> totally. And then you just, yeah, it's it's a it's a spiral. So tell us about you said you had some other tips. You gave some tips on getting rid of the mental clutter, yep. which was the brain dump. What yep. are some other tips that you've got for us around the other types of clutter? Yeah, cool. So um I guess calendar clutter, one really great strategy would be so obviously you're gonna you might get invited to a lot of 
things if you're a popular person um, or um, if you're in a <laughs> if you're in a work environment where you're looked upon for you know leadership a lot you might get invited to a lot of meetings that probably maybe don't need to be meetings so I am a massive fan of creating a to don't list so we hear a lot about a to do list but think about penning a to don't list so uh, for example on my to don't list that I don't stay up late um, I'm a massive nana and I, I am in bed at 8.30 every night. Um, I don't answer work phone calls before 9am. It's like morning times in our house trying to get to school, so I'm not answering phone calls before 9am. Um, I don't work at night time. I don't say yes to things that aren't going to add value to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just going to say yes to go to a function just because I want to show up. Um, so thinking about, yeah, creating a to-don't list, which will help you stay on track and prioritise what you do want to do or what you are going to do. Love um, Physical clutter. So I think physical clutter is probably mm-hmm. the hardest one for most people to overcome mm-hmm. because it is all-consuming. All so you, for example, let's say, You've got a room in your house, let's say the home office, which is generally the one that becomes the dumping ground, and you look in there and you go, I don't even know where to start, right? So for experts like us who do it all the time, we could smash that out in a day. We could totally flip that room in a day. For somebody who doesn't do decluttering or who isn't used to the process, it's probably going to take you a week. And the way you should be approaching it is one small spot at a time. So pick a drawer or a set of drawers and clear them out, like empty the whole lot out onto the floor, sort through it, keep what you want to keep, what you need to keep, donate whatever it is that you want to donate and throw away anything that needs to go to the trash. So I'm talking broken things. Obviously recycle where you can. Don't try and tackle the whole thing in a day. Mm-hmm. Just do a little bit at a time. Set a timer even. Speed decluttering is so much fun so I'm talking like 10 minutes a day over a two-week period and pick something you're going to spend 10 minutes decluttering could be the medicine box it could be getting rid of all the expired food out of the fridge or your pantry Um, it could be your car boot or your car glove box like just little little things 10 minutes short bursts over two weeks you'll be absolutely floored by how much you've gotten done Love that. It's very much in line with where I, where I recommend people starting on any sort of change or like. Totally, yes. Small, small changes or small, small little baby steps for long term results is, is what I'm all about. Oh, I love that. That is <laughs> so good, Lou. So much, so much good value there. Um, have you got any more tips there on your thing? Or should I? I've got a guy, I had a couple of questions from my followers that I had for you. Hit me with the questions. Okay. So one was, and this would be common for, I would imagine, quite a few women on farms particularly, but you might be moving from like the home office to the, say the office at the shed or maybe yep. you work in town at an office or out of your car. How yep. do you stay organised and how do you keep the paperwork organised in that situation? Um, so I we work remotely a lot I do have a base a headquarters but you know we are working in client homes so I'm sometimes having meetings and cafes with people I'm sometimes working on the road out of my car so yeah I need to be able to access my files and folders from wherever 
I, I can. So I actually use a cloud-based system called Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, we I don't get a lot of paperwork, but if I was to have paper and I needed access to, say, this bit of paper right here, I needed access to it, whoever's given it to me can't give it to me digitally, I would just use my phone to take a photo of that piece of paper, whatever it was, and uploaded it into my Dropbox folder, mm. right? I can access Dropbox on any computer anywhere. I can access it on my phone. I can access it on um, an iPad. So it's a digital cloud-based software system. There's a couple of others called Evernote, um, Google, Google Drive. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend having a look um, at the different cloud-based um, folder systems that people can use because, yeah, it's pretty um, overwhelming having to remember to take files and folders from one spot to another. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was thinking too it might be a bit of a challenge with some uh, farm businesses where it's intergenerational, like if they've got yeah, yeah. elderly that uh, they're still using checkbooks or those sort of things. That's oh, yeah. probably a whole different kettle of fish. But I guess you can still organise your... And maybe helping them to get that set up as well. Like, yeah. Nice how good older people are on tech. Yeah, yeah. We always yeah. underrate older people on, you know. I mean, even even if you don't want to subscribe or set up an entire kind of cloud-based system, taking the photo of the thing and emailing it to yourself or emailing it to somebody mm. just so it's there. It's in yeah. The digital world, if that makes sense. Um, yes. So you can actually refer it. Emailing it to yourself is probably a really great option. You've got yeah. it there in your email folder so you can access it sort of wherever you go. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, and definitely drop, Dropbox and Drive and all that's the best way. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love cloud-based um, storage systems. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and the other question I had was how do you kind of catch up if things have got out of control if there's been an unforeseen circumstance like maybe I mean you know even I'm thinking maybe a death in the family or yeah. there's been a big illness or there's been a really big you know sometimes even just after you've been on holidays you can come back and things have just got out of control like how do you catch up sure. where would you start um, great question so we work with a, basically most of the people call us when they're at breaking point right most yeah. of my inquiries come through between the hours of 12 a.m and 3 a.m People are lying, women and women are lying awake at night going, I don't know how I'm going to get on top of all of the stuff in my life. Um, One example I can give you is a lady who was going through a horrific divorce, like Mm a horrible divorce, and over a period of a couple of months had just stopped doing anything. So her house was just like there was stuff everywhere. Um, So we went in and the first step was by doing a breakup. So for anybody who's in that situation, you might have, yeah, you know, there's been a death in the family or you're going through a divorce or something pretty major has happened in your life that stopped you from living and you've just kind of one foot in front of the other, definitely do a brain dump. Mm-hmm. So get all of that noise out of your mind. Put down on paper what you need to action and then sort it by priority. So if, um, you know, if if it's a health issue, well, then your priority needs to be 
making doctor's appointments or whatever it is that's going to help you get on top of your health because nothing else is going to happen unless your health's great. Mm-hmm. If it's a space issue so you can't actually cook a meal because your kitchen's full of crap, so tidying the kitchen and, and clearing all of that clutter needs to become a priority because you need to be able to cook yourself healthy meals again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I think if, if everything's gotten too much and you just don't know where to start, you, you're probably best bets to do a brain dump. Yeah. And and get it all out onto a piece of paper. Yes. It's amazing how powerful that is too. And how oh, you- love it. <laughs> like I'll do a brain dump very regularly. Right. Very, okay. Very regularly. And even like walking through my house with my husband sometimes and going, okay, let's stand in each room. So we've got an older house and we're sort of doing a few cosmetic changes. We will down the track to a massive renovation. But for the time being, there's a few little cosmetic things that need to be done and a few handyman things that he needs to do. So we recently walked through the house, stood in each room and just started writing notes on what needed to be done. Now, the list was freaking enormous, but we looked at the list and went, okay, well, that's not really a priority. It's just a bit of a wish list. So let's like pass that for a moment. But, you know, things like we had a leak in the roof. Okay, well, that's priority. We need to get that fixed. So walking around your house and standing in each room, mm-hmm. your home office or your business or whatever it might be, and just spending some time thinking about what needs to happen and what is a priority and what maybe can wait till later. Yep. I like that. Really just getting a clear picture of what needs to happen and then prioritising it and breaking it down into small achievable things so that it's not so overwhelming. Is the- yeah. And even like, so it might be something really big like, okay, we need to paint the lounge room and we want to do it ourselves. Well, let's break that whole task down into smaller chunks. So what's the mm-hmm. first thing you need to do? Decide on a paint colour. So let's do that today. Tomorrow we're going to go buy the paint and the paint brushes. The next day we're going to patch the walls. The next day we're going to put like it can be as simple as just breaking that entire process down to very small chunks rather than going, oh, I have to do it all in like a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because not many people have the time. This is the thing. I think we're so time poor nowadays that the thought of having to do the things is so overwhelming. So like, well, when am I going to have the time to do it? Well, how about we just do little bits at a time mm-hmm. and we're going to get it done over a period of time because at the moment we're not getting anything done. That's exactly right. That Until we sense. get it's it's so it, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because unless you get organized, you're not going to have enough time and you won't have enough time. And <laughs> yes. yes. So getting being organized and getting organized, the biggest part of the process is actually that lead up, like having all your ducks in a row to do the job, to get the job done. Yes. Yes. Which is why I guess your service is so awesome as well. <laughs> Yeah. Now, do you do anything? Do you apart you gonna you said you were gonna offer those uh, workshops and everything online as well? Do you offer your other yeah. services online? And what other services do you offer? Yes, yeah, so um, I do virtual consultations. So it's a one Ooh. hour video call for those people who um, aren't local, I guess. And basically, we walk through your house virtually, and you tell me what your pain points are, and I will give you advice and tips and product recommendations um, on how to, I guess, overcome whatever the clutter issues are or disorganised issues. Um, So I did quite a few of those during COVID. Thank goodness we have this um, digital age because that, yeah, kept the business afloat. We did so many virtual consultations. Um, So, yeah, virtual 
virtual um, home audits is what I call them is probably the best way. Awesome. And what about, do you still offer that PA service as well where you can like, because I can't tell you how many times I've thought, I just need someone to be my personal PA. Like it just sounds so good. (laughs) Well, we can definitely, you know, if we're not in your local environment, um, we can certainly help you make appointments, keep appointments and do all of that sort of remotely. Yeah. But obviously we wouldn't be able to come and take your car to the, yeah, yeah but, you know, that'd be a bit hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Lou, it's been so lovely chatting to you today. Thank I have you. really enjoyed that so much. Um, I think just so aligned with everything that you say and there's so much gold in there for, for people and I think it's, yeah, really powerful. We just cannot underestimate how important this stuff is for, you know, yeah. The, yeah. the well-being. And, to, and, it's, it, and it really is something else that holds so many women back is this, Sort of time management, stress, chaos, and and this and this, well, you know, sometimes I call it the mother load, you know, and managing. Yeah, yeah. So, just yeah, and I think, look, I think we put way too much pressure on ourselves as mm. mothers and women to get everything done, to do all of the things, and we've just just got to stop, like just stop feeling like we have to be everything to everyone. So, for example, yes, I'm highly organised. I love planning a party. I love planning an event. I refuse, and it is on my to-don't list, to join the parents' committee at school. Mm-hmm. I have been asked many times, and I, I would love to. I just don't have the time, and I know that it will stress me out. I know that I won't do a good job, so I'm like, no, I, I can't do it. I'm happy to help and support where I can and offer ideas, but I actually can't join that committee. So, yeah, as, as women, as mums, we've just got to sometimes go, you know what? I can't do it all and I'm just going to do the parts that I do really well. Oh, 100%. I completely agree with you and I think yeah. that's that, that's the work that we all need to be doing to support ourselves yeah. better, isn't it? Yeah. And, just... and stop comparing. Like what yes. Judy does next door is her business, but, you know, we can't be everything to everybody. We need to stop trying to be. To follow on from that as well, I would say stop making other women feel bad when they say no. Like we, we don't need to, like if totally. we, don't, we don't, you know, we don't have to judge other women. If they say no to being on the parents committee, good on them. Great. That's <laughs> fine because somebody else will be able to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And if the men can't do it, then we get the men to. Let's get the dads to do it. <laughs> you imagine? Oh, we're not starting our feminist rant now, Lou. No, 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 no. Not being feminist at all, at all. We love it though. But um, I think. I think what the discussion that we've had today has been very empowering for women and I am so grateful to you for joining me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for asking me. And um, everyone can find you at One Day PA on Instagram and you've got a website and if you want to follow up about learning any more about your services, is it best to just get in touch via Instagram or what's yeah, the best? Yeah, shoot now. Probably shoot me an email. So yep. lou at onedayPA.com.au. Perfect. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Lou. I've been really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. See ya. Bye.